Hi, welcome to Shift. It's PwC Canada's podcast series, and we're digging into key digital trends and topics that can make your business transformation a reality. I'm your host, John Finkelstein, and I'm also the creative director of PwC Canada. This is a really super cool one. We have Kelly Taylor, Senior Director, People Ops from the LCBO. I'm really excited to talk to you, Kelly, about the role technology and partnerships have played at LCBO as you've really focused on empowering your employees. Welcome to Shift. Thanks, John. I'm happy to be here today. So this is not a short story in a way because this particular transformation has been going on for some time now. I think it's about you're kind of two years in. Is that right? Yeah, we're heading into our third year, likely. When you think about the case for change, this is not for the faint of heart. This is a really serious transformation that you guys have undertaken. What were you looking for when you were thinking about the case for change and thinking about how you're going to sell this up and how you're going to define success? Like, How did this thing start? Well, it definitely started before I joined the Human Resources Department at the LCBO. And I think one of the things that was critical to the effort getting off the ground was to really do an assessment with our leadership team uh, about how HR was delivering services to some of our senior business leaders. And one of the things that we heard overwhelmingly from that group is that HR is handcuffed to the basics. We're so um, mired in process and paper, and we really weren't delivering against some of the expectations of, of some of our business leaders. And around that time, we'd had a lot of new leaders join from other organizations. And I think that was a really important um, juncture in our journey in that, you know, those leaders were coming to us from other organizations and the bar was high for what they expected from an HR service delivery standpoint. So that was definitely a major accelerator for our case for change. In addition to that, what we were learning is that our employees were really expecting a different kind of digital experience from us. So as you know, we're all attached to our phones. And so to have employees have the ability to access content, knowledge, um, technology for um, their work lives was really, really important. And that's why when we chose Workday, what was really important was that Workday delivered a really great user experience for, for employees. And so again, you've got to make sure you mirror the experience employees have in their own lives to their work lives. And so that was a really critical piece to us enabling our employee access with technology. It's a really interesting comparison because I think when we compare our work experience, digitally or otherwise, with our interactions with brands around the world, we used to have different expectations, right? But it's not like that anymore. And I think, you know, employees especially are seeing these types of tools, these types of experiences as a competitive advantage or reason to choose one place over another, I would think. Would you agree or disagree? Yeah, I definitely think so. And, and especially now in this time where we know, you know, talent attraction is even more challenging. Um, you've got to ensure that you can deliver on that great employee experience, that, that that value proposition is really important to the employee coming and joining your organization. And it's interesting that you mentioned that, John, because one of the things we were seeing in some of our candidates when we well, were trying to encourage them to come to the LCBO and the HR space was they would say, well, what kind of technology do you have? And we would say, oh, well, we don't really have an HRIS system. And that was a real big roadblock to attracting a talent to come to our organization. So I definitely think introducing new technology opened up a world of new talent for the LCBO. When you were thinking about a transformation of this size, there's a lot of different partners and a lot of different 
parts of the business that are involved. So when you're planning such an undertaking, what were you looking for in a transformation partner? I definitely think one of the most important things that we were looking for as an organization from our transformation partner and our implementation partner, I sort of liken it to that friend who will tell you when the outfit you're wearing is really not flattering. It's someone who is really gets you as an organization, gets your culture, but also isn't afraid to challenge you when you might be a little bit stuck in old ways of working. And I think that's what PwC was really great at. And I think that comes from having a lot of trust and from really embedding them as part of our team. You know, we didn't view them as a vendor. They were our partner in this effort. And what it felt like is we were this one team really moving towards the same goal. That doesn't mean there weren't ups and downs and friction points, but I think the great news is when you have a partner who you trust, you can be really frank and say, hey, I understand you're trying to take us down this path, but I'm going to tell you my experience here is going to tell you we're not ready for that or it's too much. So can we talk about a different way of working? And so I think that was really, really critical. You know, I talk a little bit about the trust factor, right, which is really and truly that your partner is someone that you can confide in as it relates to the challenges your organization is facing. Talk really transparently about what's happening in the business. And sometimes it means being quite revealing about the challenges you might be facing in different parts of your organization. But it always is in the spirit of knowing that you want you're all moving towards this ultimate success. And for the LCBO, there was so much at stake. We'd never made this kind of investment in HR technology. So the stakes were high. And I think the other thing we really focused on is this was not just an HR project, right? This was a project that was going to be instrumental to our organization and to transforming our organization as a whole. So it wasn't just for HR, it was for all of our employees. Now, HR was a significant benefactor, um, but it was for everybody. And that was really crucial in our work with PwC. So when you were selecting the technology, it's really kind of interesting for me as sort of the outsider to think about how you went about choosing that platform and what, what kind of criteria did you use or how did you think about it? I think some of the most important things that we were considering, and, and I have to confess that I was relatively new to HR. So I really came to it from the perspective of an employee and a manager. Um, what would I be looking for as an employee in the experience? Uh, for example, I want to request vacation online. I don't want to send my boss a note and I don't want to have to wait to hear back from her. So I think there was a really important push to look at that user experience from a employee self-service standpoint. Were these tools easy to use? Were they intuitive? Would the employee who had previously never interacted with HR technology before be able to navigate um, finding their pay slips, um, accessing their vacation calendar, and looking for their T4s online? All those things which, when you say it out loud, it sounds very basic and like table stakes. But at the time, we didn't have any of those tools available. It sounds to me like you led with the needs of the people as opposed to figuring out what the needs of the business were and then reverse engineering it that way. I would say the business needs were, were really central as well. So I don't want to suggest that the business needs weren't important, but I definitely think when you're about to embark on implementing technology and suddenly suggesting all your employees, and remember, we have a network of over 10,000 employees who didn't have access to technology directly through our organization. So when you think about the magnitude of that change, it was really important to make sure before we headed down that path that we wouldn't 
or we would be aware of what some of the resistance might be to adoption. So I, I think we definitely considered the employee experience. And we also, you know, we initiated a survey, a very straightforward survey to employees prior to our implementation, which asked employees like, what apps do you use? You know, how often do you use your cell phone? Really to gauge what kind of adoption existed before we implemented our technology so that we would really understand the change lift to get the rest of our population fully on board with using technology instead of our paper processes. I think that's an important thing to call out for people who are listening. It's um, being able to blend the needs of the business, which are always central to anything that a business is going to do, with the needs of the people and really trying to figure out like where that sweet spot is, I guess, between what they need and what you can offer and how it's going to have benefit to the business itself. Yeah, definitely, John. As you know, we have a, a large store network. We were introducing a pretty significant amount of change to managers in how they uh, completed performance evaluations, um, how they entered time for employees. So, you know, that was really critical to saying, we're not asking for this small incremental change. This is a pretty big change. And we had to make sure we approached it correctly in order to be successful. And I do want to mention, um, George, uh, our president, there's something he says all the time, which I think is super, super relevant. And, and it really is that transformational change is never easy, but it's necessary. And while we were super anxious about the reaction from some of our employees, and we knew there would be people who just would not adopt the technology, but we just had to figure out a way to engage them through other mechanisms. But that change was really necessary in order for us to evolve our support for the business and in order to help us support the business evolve. So we talked a little bit about, you know, the business-led, the technology-enabled, the employee and manager focus and making sure that the tools and everything kind of matched up. There's a lot of stuff at play there. You've got IT, you've got retail operations. How did you balance and approach the partnership with all these different parts of the business? Well, I think anytime you're introducing a new technology, you absolutely have to have a really solid partner in your IT team. Um, you know, we were introducing Workday, which was really our first cloud solution at the LCBO. And so it really required us to fully engage our partners in IT. They had to be with us every step of the way because there are a lot of technical components that were new to the organization. Security, uh, all those things related to, you know, privacy and protection our employee data. So, you know, having them along the journey with us was really important. So I think what was even more important than that was that our partnership was really still business-led. The solution we were implementing was solving some business problems and IT was helping enabling that solution. So that relationship was super, super important. Like in any organization, there's challenges because the business wants to go down one path and your, your colleagues want to go down another. And so I think it's just each valuing each other's expertise expertise um, and making sure that the collective goal is still in mind. And that was implementing a great cloud solution for our employees and our organization. It's so hard to do. What you described is really hard to do. It's an easy to fall into the trap of really leading with tech. The tech does X, the business needs Y, so we're just going to put it in. And the people get the, the experience uh, the needs, the the human centricity gets left behind. Was there anybody in your organization who was like 
championing the side of the people. I definitely think our senior vice president of HR at the time was instrumental in leading our transformation. She was instrumental to uh, leading our transformation on both the operational and technology side. But I think it's important to note your leaders can't work in a silo, that they absolutely need the support of their peers, as well as in this case, the support of our CIO uh, at the time. So I think that those two people combined really led the effort. Um, they, they got all the advocacy at the senior level. And then our job, or my job in particular, was to make sure that I kept them informed um, and that we really stayed on strategy with delivering a great technology and a great employee experience with a focus on enabling business operations in the best way we possibly could. So I know firsthand, because as a creative person and working with our clients on change, it's difficult to bring people along, <laughs> um, even if the solution is so much better and it's going to make their lives better. So how did you approach OCM, organizational change management? How, how did that go? Well, we had a great team uh, internally that supported our efforts and joined by our PwC partners. And I think what was really important at the onset was to really evaluate that level of change or, or the degree of change. So, you know, for, for HR, it was going to be massive because we hadn't had these tools and we hadn't had a great technology to enable our workflows. And for our employees, it was also pretty significant in that we were going to do things like take away a paper pay slip, which when you say it again, sounds quite basic, but it was really something that was so ingrained in our culture. We looked at all the things that would change and we did an assessment with PwC, really critical to helping us look at leading practice and, and best ways to help solve you know, employee challenges in this space. We had a really um, large group of change champions in all our business areas. So in our retail areas, in our warehouses, and in our corporate functions. And I think that group of people were really uh, critical to our success because we could ask them or facilitate important communication through them where they have a lot of credibility with their peers. So, you know, the message comes from the head office and sometimes you, you lose some of the nuances of the message, whereas the change champions were really people who we gave a lot more information to. We shared our plan, our strategy, some of our tactics, and they were able to take those things back to their team members. So when we launched Workday, we had a network of people who really got what our intention was and were able to help rally the troops, so to speak, um, to really uh, adopt Workday. And I would say that our adoption was quite significant. I will also say one of the things that was super helpful is we took, uh, when we could take road shows, we, we took our, our show on the road and we went to our warehouse facilities and we went to our stores um, where we really wanted to talk to our team members who would be most impacted by this change. And I would recommend that anybody who's going down this path really take time to talk to the frontline employee who's going to be significantly impacted by this change. There's a lot of things you assume uh, that you know about the employees. And by the way, I worked in a store, but so many years ago, so much has changed. So we really have to check our assumptions and get that information right from our team members. But I think when you approach this thing holistically, a transformation holistically, 
like you're doing. I have to believe that you did some upskilling and maybe some additional training for those who needed it. So when we introduced Workday, we knew that Workday would bring with it a a pretty big um, change on the retail operations side. And so what we did was we leveraged this pretty decent sized group of store managers and employees and what we call um, district trainers who really uh, got that next level education on Workday. And so everything that was critical to using Workday, we spent a good five days with them. We had some really good hands-on learning sessions with that team with the intent that they would take that back to our broader network. You know, when you're dealing with, you know, 11,000 employees, you can't get to everyone. So you really have to leverage this network of people who are super engaged in technology, who understand the business challenges that store managers and employees might face and leverage them to the best of your ability. And I would say it's one of the things our team is most proud of because it really resulted in such great adoption. Listen, I'm not going to lie. There was some times where we probably didn't communicate as much as we should have, or uh, we maybe thought, well, they don't need to know that, or it's not really relevant. I think what we quickly learned is it's actually better to tell too much than it is to not tell enough. The feedback we got for our employees was we really appreciated knowing what was happening throughout the life cycle of the project. So definitely encourage anybody to make sure they keep those lines of communication with the people who are most impacted wide open. How did you find the people who had the heart for the change, who had the enthusiasm and the effort and wanted to step up and help? How did you recruit them? When we started our Workday implementation, the first thing we did was engage our senior leadership team. And we built this pseudo steering committee of senior leaders who were really our um, sounding board for a lot of our efforts. And we really leveraged um, their knowledge of their team members. And we did an outreach and said, hey, we're about to head into this massive technology change. It has many arms and legs, and it's going to require a lot of advocacy for us to be successful. And so what we want from you is um, some recommendations for people who are either super engaged in technology or just really vocal about, um, you know, the change that that impacts them directly. We didn't just handpick the people who were going to say all the things we wanted to hear. We had to choose some of our team members who were, were going to give us some opposition and challenge us so that we would do better when we delivered. And I do think that one of the things that we learned from working with PwC and from PwC connecting us, by the way, with some of our peers who had implemented Workday was that the importance of having that really solid change management culture woven through your entire project. So at all the junctures where it was critical, it was stopping to ask ourselves, have we properly built the right communication strategy? Do we have a good training plan? Is this like a high-touch training plan approach or is this a we can send this by email. And when we weren't certain, we leveraged our change network to really help orient us to um, down the right path. And and they were really instrumental, I, I do believe, in our success. So you're going into year three of this transformation. That's approximately how long we've been um, dealing with COVID. And I'm curious as to the impact of the pandemic on the transformation. Did it hasten anything? Did it slow stuff down? Well, I definitely think that being near the, you know, partway through our transformation journey really set us up to be able to navigate the pandemic from an HR perspective more effectively. 
we launched not only technology, but we also changed our operating model. And we didn't just introduce one technology, we introduced two. So when you think about all those changes coming to HR, if we hadn't had those things in place, I'm not sure navigating the pandemic from an employee perspective would have been as um, effective as it was. We launched Workday in January of 2020 right before the pandemic changed all our lives. And in doing that, we were really ready to enable employees to access HR services in a more effective and meaningful way. And I think if we didn't have that model ready to go, it would have been a lot more challenging for HR team members to navigate the volume of inquiry. As you can imagine, the pandemic brought with it all kinds of questions around what does it mean to continue to go into work? Um, what are the health and safety protocols we now have to follow? The other thing that I think is really helpful or was really helpful is um, when we built our case for change, you know, we talked a lot about um, how we we're going to measure those benefits that are so important to an organization. And one of the things that was really critical was that we could be agile and that we could adjust and move really quickly. And during a pandemic, that's all we were doing was shifting and, and moving and adjusting. And with the implementation of Workday, we really now had a tool that would enable us to do that. So, for example, if you needed to uh, send out a, an important communication to employees, you use the broadcast function in Workday. If you needed a, an essential worker letter, that could be pushed out to employees. Before, we'd be printing letters, stuffing envelopes, and mailing them. Uh, and that would not be an effective way to operate during a pandemic. So, so I would say the timing for us, while challenging, um, couldn't have really been better for us to really demonstrate the value of Workday and our new operating model. Using agile methodology in the middle of a pandemic just seems to go hand in hand. It's like, can you imagine doing it any other way? Uh, waterfall, for example, it just really wouldn't work out for you because the world is changing too much. Things, Everything is in flux. So that was so great that the the methodology to bring it to bear kind of matched what you needed anyway. Yeah, for sure. And our, our current um, chief people officer, she uses this amazing terminology, which is that operations team becomes the shock absorbers for the organization. So employees bring to you challenges and you've got to help them navigate when you yourself are navigating a pretty significant amount of change. So I think it really helped reinforce that we needed the technology, we delivered the technology, and now we're seeing the benefits of having that technology. In all of this, can you share any lessons learned or unexpected challenges you can share with us? Oh gosh, there's so many I could share. I think number one is really recognizing that the project itself is going to be taxing. That the team members that you have join your team have to be people who are super committed to the end goal. And I think what was great about the team that we assembled at LCBO was we really took a mix of subject matter experts, some technical experts. We brought in people from the business who were really going to help make sure we implemented our project with that business lens in mind. And I think it was also acknowledging that there was going to be a lot of ups and downs and those downs can really drag your team down. And so making sure you take time to celebrate those wins and acknowledge the efforts of your team to give people breaks and to give them their vacation. I think what was surprising about the team that we assembled and, and what we really learned about ourselves was that those connections, because you spend so much time together, we got to know each other on the next level. And so we now have different kinds of relationships. And also we have people we can go to when we're struggling with 
something. So when we look at optimizing Workday in the future, we now have a network of people who are going to give us advice, who are going to challenge us on whether or not that's the right thing to do. And I would say that was crucial. I know change fatigue is a real thing. How did you combat that? How did you avoid like people really burning out? Our leaders were behind us, encouraging us um, through difficult times. You know, our senior leadership team, led by George, was really encouraging. Don't worry, this is a small shift and you're going to get back on track and we're with you. So I think having that encouragement and the support of the team really made it all worthwhile. On the changed fatigue side, when you're introducing a lot of change to an organization, you do get to a point where you're like, oh gosh, not more information or not more things that we have to do differently. I think our employees are really great at adapting to change. It doesn't mean it's easy. It just means that um, as long as they have the information, they feel informed, they feel ready, they'll do their best to embrace it. And they'll tell us when, when they're not ready. Change and transformation is one of those things that never Never ends. It always goes. You can always improve. What's next then? What's next for LCBO? From an HR transformation perspective, I think one of the things we've learned is, uh, you know, our leaders are adapting to that change as well. And so there's some refinements we want to do from a communication standpoint. We want to evolve our operating model, and that's going to require some additional effort to communicate with our leaders, to talk to our leaders about what's working and what isn't working. So those regular checkpoints really help humble us as we think we're crossing the finish line. It reminds us that there's still work to do. I'm curious about what kind of benefits you're seeing. Well, we're seeing a lot of great things from an employee experience perspective. Definitely, we are seeing great adoption of Workday. We see a lot of great um, interactions with the technology, which is really important. Uh, We also see great efficiency in how HR as a department is working. Um, Our processes are more straightforward. We are now technology enabled. And so we're definitely seeing a lot of benefits from that perspective. The other thing we're really seeing is results as it relates to accuracy, right? You have technology, um, you can set up rules that prevent things that shouldn't happen from happening. So I definitely think we've closed some important audit gaps that might have existed within our organization. So this is the part in the podcast I get to ask you some completely non sequitur questions so that I and the listeners can get a little bit more of a view into you as a person, Kelly. So I'm curious, this is a new question for me. Do you like pineapple on your pizza? That's a definite yes, for sure. It's such a polarizing topic because it's like either yes or no. There's no, well, you know, I don't mind it. I'm a full-on advocate of pineapple, I must say. Me too. Kelly, what's your favorite TV show? I definitely have to say Yellowstone and Ozark are my top two right now. Yellowstone. Oh, I love discovering. I haven't watched Yellowstone, but Ozark. So good. So good. Okay. Uh, Red wine, white wine, or rosé? I'm a big fan of Prosecco right now. We have some really great Prosecco. Top notch right now. Prosecco is such an under, like, for me, it's, it's one of those things I don't even really think about that much. But when you have it, it's like. This is like celebration right now. This is so great. Why didn't I drink this before? Exactly, right? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) All right. That really wraps up this episode of Shift. I I learned a lot, and I'm I'm so glad that you shared both the successes and the complications of doing such a a big HR transformation as the one that LCBO has undertaken. And I know our listeners have lots of choice when it comes to podcast listening. I really appreciate you for listening. And, And Kelly... Thank you so much for being on Shift and sharing everything with us. Thanks, John. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode of Shift. You can get more details at pwc.com 
slash CA slash shift. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, subscribe to our podcast series. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, or your preferred podcast platform. Just so you know, this podcast has been prepared by PricewaterhouseCoopers LLP, an Ontario limited liability partnership for general guidance on matters of interest only and does not constitute professional advice. Until next time.